0: Episode 838. Defensive lineman Dean Lowry has been one of the biggest storylines at Packers training camp. So we talked to someone that profiled the second-year standout. That person is Josh Flickinger of the Beloit Daily News. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning Green Bay Packers fans and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host Brian Carvu and today we're talking about Packers training camp. To do that we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Josh Flickinger of the Beloit Daily News. Josh, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us on the show. We're glad to have you on and talk some Packers football and specifically... Dean Lowry. We'll get to him in a second, Josh, but to kind of set the scene here, uh, can you start by telling us your role for the Beloit Daily News and and how your audience extends beyond Wisconsin? Because I think that's why they might have a more acute interest in Dean Lowry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am a sports writer for the Daily News here in Beloit, and we've been here a little over five years now. And uh, the reason we extend into illinois is because we have we're right on the border here as as people familiar with wisconsin geography know and um our our office is just about five miles or so from uh, rockton honaniga high school and honaniga high school was a, a big rival of rockford boylan and those are kind of the two big schools in in their conference as far as uh, athletic success and so Hananiga and Dean Lowry did battle uh, several times uh, throughout his career. and then um, you know, obviously following Dean to, uh, to Northwestern. So while we don't cover Boylan necessarily, we do certainly cover um, Hananiga and and so we've got a lot of interest from that. And then uh, of course, just the general interest in the Packers. I make a trip up to, Lambeau um, for one regular season game and then I always come up once at least once uh, a year for camp and and Dean I've been able to talk with the last couple of years and and been able to kind of provide some insight on him for for our local readers
0: that's very cool Um, let's get talk about Dean Lowry here more a little bit but kind of what he's facing this season setting the scene once again uh, and the circumstances that find him in the starting lineup how big of a hole was left on the Packers roster Josh when defensive lineman Julius Peppers and Dayton Jones left in the off season?
1: Well, I think it was pretty significant. Um, you know, considering that, you know, the Packers yeah, they they drafted Montavise Adams obviously um fairly early on a third round, I believe. You know, they they put him in there, but other than that, it was kind of I think it almost a sign of trust in Lowry too that they, they thought, Okay, here's a guy that, you know, hopefully he's going to make that leap that Mike McCarthy talks about all the time, that first to second year leap, that we're gonna be able to trust this guy for a bunch of snaps this year. Because, you know, when you lose both Jones and Peppers, you're you know, and don't you know, obviously Ricky Jean Francois was signed as well, but you don't make a real significant um transaction there as far as an addition goes yeah i mean it's it's a little bit of a nervous situation right now if you look at that that uh, depth chart on com, it doesn't exactly have uh packers fans you know feeling all that uh warm and cozy about it but but you know the good news for dean is that he just has a tremendous opportunity here to uh you know to make a big impact on this defense uh, starting really from day one
0: Yeah, I don't think it can be understated how losing a pair of at one time first-round draft picks in Peppers and Dayton Jones, how much that impacts you. Uh, But, Josh, you alluded to it. You traveled to training camp to write this profile on Dean Lowry. What did you see out of him in a practice setting?
1: You know, one of the things that that jumped out to me, you know, he did well in all the one-on-ones and all the drills. But I think one thing we've seen throughout his college career, we saw it a couple times last year, is, and I think we're going to see it a bunch this year, is Dean kind of has a knack for getting his hands up, you know, kind of disrupting the passing lanes. And there was one play in particular in the practice I was at. Dean got his hands up and knocked the ball away. And I think, I believe it was Jake Ryan that came up with the interception. And, you know, if you can do that, just even a couple of times a year, you know, the old J.J. J. Watt play where you, you get your <laughs> hands up. If you're not able to get to the quarterback, you know, you keep your head up and uh, understand when he's about to release. And, hey, maybe it forces a double pump. Maybe it gets a sack for another teammate. Or, you know, the best-case scenario is he releases – you get that ball, and uh, you know it. It, uh, it requires, or it, it turns into a turnover for your team. So, you know, Lowry has a real knack for that. He showed that in college, and and that was the main thing. That was like his big play of the day. But but just generally, consistently, just looking real good in those uh, you know, those one on one passing drills and things like pass rushing drills. I mean, you know, he's had a great camp for sure.
0: It's interesting that you bring up JJ Watt. I've heard people say. Uh, maybe partly because they're just Big Ten guys, but maybe if like Dean Lowry's arms were a little bit longer, uh, you know, he's, he's known for having a little bit shorter arms. But if they were, he, he'd be more of a, a J.J. Watt type of player who's obviously one of the best in the NFL. Um, but, Josh, uh, you know, those who watch Packers Family Night now a little over a week ago know that Lowry was one of the big storylines coming out of that evening. How impressed were you with him that day?
1: Oh, it was great. I mean, you you saw, you know, you saw that knack for for rushing the passer that I think, you know, got him drafted in the 4th round by the Packers. You know, he's a guy that, you know, from the, you know, from the five technique spot or, you know, he's been a guy that's been lining up on the inside um when they go to two-down linemen. So, it's, you know, and and that's the reason is is he's able to, I think better than anybody else on the team um, from a defensive line uh, standpoint, you know, really been able to to provide pressure. And you saw he did a couple times. Um, I think one might have even resulted in an interception where, he, you know, he pushed the pocket. Um, you know, it was really interesting last year. You know, he kind of started out as a, you know, as a typical rookie, not getting a ton of snaps, not getting, not making a big impact. And it really took until Mike Pinnell's second suspension to get Lowry. Okay, it was kind of sink or swim time for Dean, and he got – I think like two thirds of his snaps the entire year in the last seven games or so. And, um, you know, ended up, I think I got this off of the, this, um, from, uh, because everybody has different ways to define pressure. So the way, <laughs> you know, Bob McGann of the journal Sentinel did it, he was, I think he led the defensive line in pressures per snap. So once he got onto the field and got a little bit more comfortable in the second half of the season, you were able to see that production. And of course he had the, the stacks against Houston and Seattle in back-to-back weeks and then he actually had one against Detroit too but it was taken away because I think it was a defensive holding <laughs> or an interference or, or yeah it must have been a holding if they didn't get the ball off so um you know would have had three but uh but you know two sacks in a row would have you know would have been three in December he really came on as the season went on
0: yeah it was nice to see out of him last year um Josh, as as you went to training camp uh, again here, uh, I know you you alluded to this in your article and what Mike McCarthy has to say, but what's been the reaction from Lowry's coaches and teammates about his development?
1: Yeah, I think you've seen those quotes from, you know, from McCarthy and Capers. I know, I mean, three or four practices in the camp, you know, McCarthy did, the uh, you know, if you're, you're looking for one football player, make that leap, you know, first year or second year, you're talking about Dean Lowry, you know, you're talking <laughs> about that guy. You know, I mean, he, he gave one of those... Nice Classic Mike McCarthy, McCarthy impression by the way. Thank you. I've been worried. You know what? When you when you listen to the guy, you know, he's be tough, you know, he's he's a football player. You know, when you listen to that for gosh, what is it now? Uh eleven years we're going on now, um, since those six, so you you that voice kinda gets stuck in your head. But um <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean from the outset, even in, even in the OTAs and stuff like that, they're You know, I think McCarthy's quote was bigger, faster, stronger, you know, Um, and that's, you know, just from seeing him in person and, you know, standing across from him when I was interviewing him. I mean, there was no doubt the guy has added mass. you know, and and that's what he needed to do. I remember uh, a quote from T.J. Lang during last year's camp, and T.J. said, Oh, he's going to be really good when he gets stronger. You know, he even had that caveat as a teammate, just saying, "Hey, you know, he's got some good moves. He's, you know, he's he's doing well. He has a knack for it. But when he adds strength, he's really going to be tough. And I think hopefully we kind of reached that point here in year two that um, that he's a disruptive force consistently.
0: So now extending just beyond Dean Lowry here, how important? is it to the Packers here this season, Josh, that he and fellow second-year defensive lineman Kenny Clark emerge in 2017?
1: I mean, it's huge. You know, everybody's kind of talking about the secondary, and we know, I mean, you know, no greater example than the last time we saw the Packers in a real game um, how much they struggled. But, you know, if they avoid the disastrous run of injuries that they had last year, I do feel confident that a couple of those guys at corner are going to step up. And you love, obviously, Ha Ha Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett at your safety spot, so you're you're solid there. And if you can get two or three guys to step up and play to their talent, you know, play to their ability, really, um, I think the secondary is going to be okay. But I, I think a bigger question at this point is is the defensive line. You've got Mike Daniels there. But then you're really counting on, you know, Lowry and Clark, a couple of second-year guys, you know. Again, you got, you know, you look at the depth chart, and it's like, know hey, you got you know, Brian Price there, okay. You got Christian Ringo there, okay. I mean, you're, you're counting on these top-line guys, and obviously the Packers, you know, they don't run a lot of base, and we understand that. But, um, you know, even when you're in nickel and you got two guys down there, if you could provide any kind of push, up the middle, when you 've got Matthews and Perry on the outside, I think it's huge and and you're right, Brian. I mean both of those guys, as second year guys are counting on uh, are counted on to do big things here in their in their second year, and you know if they can step up, it'd be a huge lift for this team
0: absolutely um, Josh, asking you to put on your prediction hat here a little bit what just what do you think are the realistic expectations for dean Lowry's statistical production this season what kind of numbers can he put up
1: well i think if you you know if you look at what he was able to do last year in a limited amount of playing time i think he can get to five or six sacks i think he can get you know five or six tackles for loss hopefully he can get a couple batted balls a couple deflections that might lead to turnovers i don't think he's going to come in and get 10 sacks or anything crazy like that um but I do think with the way things are set up and, you know, right now in that, you know, when they're when they're playing two down line, and he's you know, he's been ahead of Clark, um, you know, based on the looks that they've shown that they've shown us. Um, it looks like it's Daniels and, and, and Lowry in the middle. So he's going to get a, a, a fair amount of snaps here. And uh, I think if he can come up with those numbers that I mentioned, I think everybody would be pretty pleased with that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting to think about how this season's going to play out and who's going to be lining up where. But yeah, it's really impressive that Lowry is even ahead of Clark at, at some positions in some situations. Obviously, different situations will will require uh, different personnel. Uh, but Josh, just before we let you go here, last last question: Looking at the big picture here, what what are your predictions for the Green Bay Packers in twenty seventeen season as a whole?
1: well I'm optimistic i mean i i think that like i mentioned let's let's avoid the disastrous run of injuries in the defensive backfield and um have somebody step up on the defensive line and and offensively there just <clears throat> there aren't a lot of question marks and when is the last time you know i I don't want to go too much off of uh you know one game of course but um you know, if you can get a legitimate threat in the punt game with Trevor Davis, if he can hang on to the ball, we know he's got that explosive ability. We saw it against, the, you know, the Cowboys and the Falcons last year in the special teams game. He could be a big difference maker. And if you're able to tilt the field position just a little bit for Aaron Rodgers in that offense, that's going to mean a good thing. So I think they've got a great opportunity to, to contend for a Super Bowl. And, um, you know, <laughs> think of how many things went wrong last year. And there they were, you know, a game away from – you know, from playing in the big game. And now, you know, this year, hopefully, you know, things can normalize uh, with injuries. And, um, you know, I think they've got a great chance to, um, you know, to get to Minnesota.
0: Sounds good to me. I'm not going to complain with that. And I doubt many of our listeners will either. Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, uh, We've, we've, I've spread the link uh, to your article on Lowry on our live stream, and we'll do so on our, uh, when we put up the podcast post at Cheesehead TV, uh, so we'll get that out there. Once again, thanks for joining us this morning, and keep up the good work. Okay. Thanks,
1: Brian. I appreciate it.
0: Take care, Josh Flickinger of the Beloit Daily News, joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What's up? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. In other defensive line news, the Green Bay Packers claimed one-off waivers on Sunday. That player is defensive lineman Chenille Jenkins, a player that, although technically still a rookie because he hasn't played in the regular season, It's his second year in the NFL. He has played in preseason action a year ago. He's now already on his fourth NFL team in two years, having previously suited up for the Denver Broncos, Dallas Cowboys, and the Seattle Seahawks, with whom uh, the last of which he was on the practice squad last year. So Jenkins will help the Packers with their defensive line depth. They've been a little bit shorthanded ever since rookie Montrevious Adams was injured, and then they released veteran Latroy Guyon. So the addition of Jenkins will eat up some of those preseason snaps While you, where you don't like to see guys that are going to be out there during the regular season out there in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. That's, that's where you really need the depth at this time of year during the month of August. You know, so, so the young guys are out there trying to get better and, and eat up those snaps and, and doing their best as they make a push for maybe something like the practice squad. Um, whereas you, you don't want guys like, you know, uh, Ricky Jean-Francois and Mike Daniels out there, you know, late in those preseason games when they don't have to be. So the Packers needed some depth after suffering a couple different injuries. That several positions uh, throughout the course of training camp here uh, but addressing it here on Sunday so uh, a corresponding move um, the Packers have also placed tight end Bo Sandlin on injured reserve after injuring his knee a little more than a week ago Uh, Sandlin hadn't participated in either family night or the team's first preseason game so he was just kind of taking up a roster spot as long as he was injured. Now, whether or not the Packers intend to carry Sandlin on injured reserve throughout the entire season is another matter. They can come to an injury settlement, which would allow him to be re-signed midway through the season if he's healthy enough by then. Uh, We just don't know enough about the injury, its extent, and the time frame he has for recovery right now. Uh, we know Sandlin was on the Packers practice squad last year, and he's got some of that nice size to him, including height. I mean, a lot of these Packers tight ends right now, they're they're more that H back kind of guys like like Lance Kendricks and the young guys they brought in like Aaron Peck. So Sandlin was more fitting the mold of, you know, the Martellus Bennett, and Richard Rodgers. So they're losing a little bit of that, which which is a shame. I mean, I really would have liked to see him and how he did in the preseason. Now we're not going to have an opportunity to do so. Uh, so wishing the best of luck to Bo Sandlin. Um, in other Packers news, the Packers made it official over the weekend re-signing long snapper Brett Goode uh, as a free agent who took part in his first practice on sunday so yesterday uh first one of the year hadn't been part of the packers offseason program or training camp up to this point so this comes on the heels actually of good just having his second child mere days before (laughs) so he's been a pretty busy man of late um, he apparently had a tryout with the New York Jets just last week, so maybe the Packers decided we better sign him now or we may never have the opportunity to again um, and and you can see why that they why they made this move um because early in training camp, uh Derek Hart uh, has not been the long snapper with the accuracy. That Brett Good has not to say he's been terrible by any means but we saw it during to a small extent during family night uh, when Mason Crosby went five for 11 and the operation just wasn't as smooth as what you've become accustomed to with Brett Good. Uh the Packers have not cut Derek Hart yet so uh, ostensibly and for the time being there's a long snapping competition going on you understand why the Packers maybe waited to this point to sign or re-sign Brett Good because they just see him they see a guy who's now you know has over a decade experience in the NFL Uh, he's on the older side Uh, the Packers want to get younger and faster especially a guy who's you know one of the biggest parts of his job apart from just the snapping part of it is covering punts and, and you know when you got guys out on the field as good as Trevor Davis you know for the opponent uh you know it, it's imperative to get those guys down so you understand why the packers are looking at this because i mean at, at some point in the very near future whether it's this year or next year, or maybe the year after. I mean, they, they've got to find the long-term replacement to Brett Gooden, and and they're looking for that, trying to find out whether Derek Hart can be that guy. Uh, but they're not going to carry two of them. You know, it's going to be a competition here, and I, I would tend to think that Brett Good is going to win out uh, maybe sooner rather than later. I don't know how long they stick with Derek Hart. Um because, I mean, Brett Good just has been so accurate for so long. Any shortcomings he has in coverage or blocking are, are, are much outweighed by the fact that he is dead solid perfect and basically has been for an entire career in the NFL. Yet you've never seen one of those times where, the snap goes over the punter's head. Brett Good just isn't that guy. He's He's been so reliable for so long that you hate to think of that even happening with another long snapper wearing green and gold. So they made the move, and he's back. And, and I suppose, you, you know, from from a standpoint of athleticism, maybe the silver lining is that Brett Good is now two years removed from that ACL injury. You remember the Packers signed him right at the beginning of the regular season last year really kind of taking a little risk in that he missed all of training camp last year you know they signed him before the week 1 game and thankfully he's a kind of guy where he's a veteran and you didn't need that much preparation uh, although it would have been nice to get at least a little bit last year but he steps in like you know like he hadn't missed any time and did fine for the Packers last year. And hopefully he can just do the same this year again. And at least he will be getting a little bit of preseason action under his belt. Before the regular season begins. So Brett Good back in Green Bay. Um, another note from yesterday as the Packers returned to the practice field. Tight end Richard Rodgers returned to practice on Sunday with a splint on his right ring finger apparently he broke the tip of the of the ring finger on his right hand that forced him to miss the Packers first preseason game which wasn't the biggest deal in the world but ideally uh he was he would have been out there had that not happened and just getting a little bit of work um before giving way to the young guys um but at least Richard Rodgers is back now Um, and he's not wearing a club cast. Uh, He can apparently catch the football, maybe not as good had he not broken a finger or not with a splint on his hand, Uh, but he's out there, he's participating, and from all appearances, he very much I expect he'll be out there in the Packers' second preseason game unless he suffers some sort of setback or something like that. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but Richard Rodgers had been having such a nice training camp so far, including including his performance at Family Night, of course, when he made the nice touchdown grab from Brett Hundley streaking down the seam. That was really a nice play. So you like to see that more out of him uh, as time goes on here. Um, and then finally, what one final note of Packers note, uh, Packers news here, and my own personal congratulations to former Packers wide receiver Donald Driver, who concluded his thank you tour, thank you fans tour of Wisconsin by holding a sold-out charity softball game at Fox City Stadium on Sunday. You know, just being a former Packers player, uh, this this driver news kind of takes a backseat to anything going on with the current Packers team, which I think people want to know more about. But, but still, I, I just wanted to take a moment to think say it was really cool for Driver to take part in this tour of Wisconsin. You may have seen on uh in the media, whether on TV or social media or however you're digesting your news nowadays, that Donald Driver over the weekend and over the past few days had been going all over the state of Wisconsin making appearances not just at this softball game, but, you know, he introduced Gavin McGraw at a concert. He made an appearance at the Uh, Wisconsin State Fair in Milwaukee making cream puffs. He talked to the University of Wisconsin Badgers football team. He just took part in these little, I I saw some small community festivals up north in Wisconsin. He was at the Leinenkugel's Brewery in Chippewa Falls for a little celebration they had there. All sorts of little things that driver did. Kind of, I've never seen a professional athlete do this before, a tour just thanking fans. Yeah, the Packers as a whole, the current team, does like their tailgate tour, but for a player alone uh, to go out who had such an impact on the Packers organization, both on the field and off, uh, just really cool. So thanks, Donald Driver. Uh, You meant a lot to the Packers organization. The day ahead. All right. So after returning to practice on Sunday for the first time since their preseason opener, The Packers now get a day off on Monday, so things are going to be pretty quiet in Green Bay today. The one thing, however, that will dominate the landscape on Monday will be a joint news conference between the University of Wisconsin and Notre Dame that will be held at 11.30 a.m. Central Time uh, Monday at the Under Armour Brand House in Chicago on Michigan Avenue, Packers president Mark Murphy uh, reportedly will attend this press conference. And this, of course, is making official what's already been reported, that the Packers will play host to a college football game pitting the University of Wisconsin Badgers against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, reportedly to take place in the year 2020. So not too far. I mean, obviously three years away yet, but you know, in the foreseeable future here uh, and and something that I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, We talked about this, you know, when the Packers played LSU, I think there's a little bit of blowback in that, you know, Notre Dame and Wisconsin have such awesome stadiums themselves in Camp Randall and Notre Dame stadium, that it would be nice to see them play there instead of on a neutral site. And, you know, part of me feels that too, uh, but I also remember how cool it was. I attended the LSU-Wisconsin game, and it felt like a bowl game in September, a- and how cool that was as well. And I think you're going to hear a lot, as as definitely as this time gets near, about the connections from the Packers organization to Notre Dame University, how it, Curly Lambeau attended Notre Dame and brought back, you know, that's why they were blue and gold for a while and not green and gold. Surprisingly living in green Bay, you think just naturally they should be green. And I'm glad they are. But at one point they were blue and gold and it was influenced by that and his attending there and how, you know, how Curly Lambeau learned from the coaching staff there and all these different connections of players over time, especially in the early years that had a heavy Notre Dame influence, I think will be really cool uh, as they play in Lambeau Field. And then a return game will be played at Soldier Field uh, in Chicago. Is you know, one kind of in Packers territory, Wisconsin territory, and one in, in Notre Dame territory in, in the state of Illinois. I know Notre Dame is located in Indiana, but not all that far past the border. Uh, so they have a heavy heavy uh presence in Chicago and in the surrounding area surrounding environs so so that that press conference will make it official on Monday and Packers president Mark Murphy will be there maybe speak to reporters not sure what is all planned there uh but so expect a lot of talk about that today and then the Packers will return to the practice field on Tuesday Uh, which will be open to the public at Ray Nitschke Field at 12.15 uh, p.m. Central Time, preceded by a Mike McCarthy press conference at 10.45 a.m. Central Time, streamed live at Packers.com. So that's what you can expect out of the team in the next few days here as they start to get ready for the second preseason game this upcoming weekend. So looking forward to that. And that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on today's show. Thank you to Josh Flickinger of the Beloit Daily News for being our guest. Glad to talk to him about Dean Lowry and the Packers defensive line. And we'll be back again just two more days from now on Wednesday, our next episode. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Um, so we'll see you later, folks. Uh, on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kirivu. I leave you today with a song called Liquid by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya, and go, pack, go.